Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Well, 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 welcome in, everybody. Happy Friday to everybody. It's the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show that keeps your youth ministry moving forward and keeping you motivated, I hope, and I hope that you're doing well today. Um, I am in a super good mood because uh, of several things, but number one, it's going to snow tomorrow, and you understand that when it snows uh, with the Turner family here, uh, my wife makes uh, amazing sausage balls, right? And that's just sausage, cheese, and and uh, you know some sort of uh, baking uh, stuff there. And uh, boy, it's delicious. And uh, and we only see it a couple times a year. We we have it on Christmas morning. Uh, we have it on Thanksgiving morning, and we have it when it snows. And several years ago, uh, my wife it snowed a lot here in Alabama. And uh, it is, um, you know, it snowed for like, <laughs> it snowed for like several days in a row. And boy, every day it snowed. We all looked at my wife and said, hey, sausage balls. And man, we had sausage balls running out of our eyeballs. There were so many, I mean, it was like three or three days at least of snow. So that was like miracle, right? That was like manna. Sausage balls are like manna from heaven here in the Turner household. So three days in a row was pretty awesome. So I'm kind of excited about that. It's rainy tonight, but it's going to start getting cold, and then it's going to start getting freezing tomorrow afternoon, and then it's going to snow, and then it's time for sausage balls. All right. So anyway, that's my that's my my hope for today. I hope that whatever is going on in your life that you're excited about, probably something greater than sausage balls, I imagine. But um, I, uh, I was listening to the radio today, and this is what kind of sparked this whole idea for this part podcast today about, about overcoming your youth ministry past. And I was listening to the radio and I was listening to this story about a new play called Sweat. Uh, it's by uh, Pulitzer Prize winning writer Lynn Nottage. Uh, the fact is that they're in a steel town, they're in a, a steel factory, and that change is coming uh, for the workers, and they're in a steel tubing plant is where they're at. And uh, anyway, it takes place in Reading, Pennsylvania, and, and uh, it goes on to say that in the article she says, as she was asking people around the town about Reading, she says, that's tough to do in a town like Reading, where so much pride is tied up in the past. Nottage says whenever she met someone in Reading, she always asked them, how would you describe your city? And people always said, Reading was. No one ever spoke of their city in the present tense. Now, uh, that brought, and it made me think about that. How many, how many of us have referred to our youth ministry in the, in the past or it, what, what our youth ministry used to look like, right? And that comes out of a, a sense of, of pride because we want to talk about the best moments. We want to talk about the best times of youth ministry. We want to talk about when this thing was just blowing and going, right? And the opposite of pride is shame. We don't want to talk about our youth ministry now because it's not like it used to be. It went through some changes. It went through some stuff. And um, it's just not the way it used to be. And I, I think this is probably my 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 take on this is, is the fact that... Um, you know, to not talk about our youth ministry 
in the present tense and say our youth ministry is versus our youth ministry was, is to devalue the kids that are currently coming to our youth ministry. Uh, so what if they're not like the previous kids? So what if they're not, they don't have the leadership you know, capabilities? So what? You know, but if we talk about our kids in the present tense, we don't talk about just the glory days, right? Because that's how pastors, you know, want to sell the youth ministry sometimes to potential youth workers, you know, well, let me tell you about what our youth ministry used to do and how many kids we used to have and, and you know, all these great things about the past and, and God bless the pastors. I understand they want to get back. They want to, they want something that's going again. But the thing that we have to remember in, in all these cases is that whatever it used to be, it was at that particular time, what it was because of culture, because of technology, because of all the things that were present at the moment. The leadership, where they were at as believers or as growth as a person, you know, whoever was in charge, you know, was fit for that moment. But when we come into a new phase, when we come into a new youth ministry, you know, we're going to inherit a lot of things, right? We're going to inherit things both good and bad. And so when I talk about overcoming your youth ministry past, I'm not just talking about bad things. I'm talking about good things, even potentially great things that, that we as youth pastors have to overcome um, if we want to grow or if we want to do what Jesus tells us to do. You know, there's, you know, Jesus was pretty famous for, you know, telling people, oh, by the way, come and follow me. And by the way, then, you know, the, the disciples dropped their nets and went and followed Jesus. Well, you, you don't get to follow Jesus unless you drop the nets. And whatever the nets represent in that case is, you know, whether it's tradition, whether it's any of those things, you know, you have to drop what you, what's in your hand currently to be able to do what Jesus is asking you to do now, not what happened 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? And so let me go over just a few things. Let me go over some of the, and by the way, as I go through this, don't worry if you don't have a pen or a paper with you, uh, I would encourage you that uh, I send out the notes for these podcasts, uh, the actual notes and not just, uh, you know, there'll be some links, uh, in, you know, for the, if you go to on my SoundCloud there, uh, where you can find this as well, soundcloud.com slash the D project. And uh, there'll be notes on there, links to all that in the show notes, those kind of things. And um, so if you want to find the, the links for some things, I'll have them there. But if you want the actual notes and those things, uh, I'd be happy to share them with you. And I share them with our Fresh Impact uh, newsletter people. And they're fantastic people, by the way, if you're, a, if you're a subscriber, thank you for subscribing. And I'll be posting this out and uh, sending it in your email tomorrow. Uh, anyway, so anyway, let's go on. Overcoming your youth ministry's past. So let's look at some of the bad things. Now, the bad things we this these are things we want to get over, right? There's a you know a history of low numbers, which comes from, by the way, if that's a history of low numbers, some of these things are the uh, reasons. Some of these bad things are the reasons why the numbers are so low. First of all, chaos and confusion. Uh, you know, nobody has a clear cut vision of where this youth ministry is supposed to go, right? It, there or, or there's or there's chaos and, and conflict between leaders or the direction of the youth ministry, or maybe it's a maybe it's a uh, you know a history of conflict between the youth pastor and the pastor, or between uh, an adult leader and the board. Uh, it, there could be anything uh, between you know anybody that's causing um, you know this confusion to where the youth ministry can't seem to get stabilized and has never been stabilized because of certain inherent factors there, usually having to do with people um, or parents or things like that, where there's just these strongholds that are just, you know, binding it and, and holding it back. Um, you know, so when, if you're dealing with that, you know, those are some things that you have to be able to come. You have to over, you overcome that, that chaos and confusion that you have this one thing you got to do. The second, the third thing there is 
stigma, right? Maybe your church is known for something in the community that that's a bad light. You know, it could be a pastor that stole money. Uh, it could be you know the previous youth pastor. Uh, was just not a very good witness in the community. Uh, he'd show up to football games and cuss and do terrible things, or it was just known as a very immature youth ministry, or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, God forbid there's even maybe a, a place where something terrible happened where, you know, it was a case of abuse or somebody got hurt or, or, uh, or something with bad doctrine or something like that. But there's a stigma there, something you have to overcome. You know, uh, your youth ministry's passed in this regard. If you're brand new at a church or you've been there maybe a year or so and you're now finding out some of these things, um, you know, you have to work with it. You have to say, okay, what am I going to do with these bad things? You know, how about bad youth pastors, right? That's that's a thing, right? I have a friend, you know, uh, that is uh, in a church and he told me that he's the, uh, that, that before him, there was five youth pastors in three years. Now, I'm not saying the youth pastors themselves were bad people or bad character or anything like that. What I am saying is, Bad youth passion in the sense of longevity. Longevity. I can say this word. Longevity? I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, so we're going to move on, but you know what I'm saying. Staying there a long time, that's what I mean. (laughs) And, And so... Youth pastors that don't stay for a long time, don't get to see the fruit, don't get to see the things, but now these kids are struggling with trust issues, right? They can't trust people. They can't trust this guy. They're all whispering in the background, how long is this guy going to stay? You know, is he going to be effective? Is he going to love us? Or is he just going to take off for the next thing? Who knows? Who knows? But that's something you have to overcome uh, in those things. Uh, Then also there's status quo. Right, status quo is just keeping things the same. There are things that just are going on. That's always you're going to hear things like, "Well, we've never done it that way before," and uh, you know, and that's why the youth ministry there doesn't grow. It can't. It can't do very much. It's struggling all the time because of all these bad things. And and you have to overcome once again your youth ministry's past. Well, how do you do that with bad? things like that. Well, I'm going to get to that because it's the same principle is the same for both of these. So let's talk about some of the good things. You may have to overcome some bad things, which a lot of cases, you know, youth pastors do, but then sometimes you have to overcome the good things too. Uh, things like traditions and programs. There are, maybe you go into a church and they have traditions and programs that have been around for eons. They are the sacred cows of your youth ministry, and they are untouchable. And you know, I, I you know, I think we've all gone through that. I mean, I've been. I was at a church where there was a fifteen-year tradition of doing a twenty-six-mile walk for missions. And I tell you what, I couldn't touch it with a ten-foot pole, even if I wanted to. And now, once again, it was a good program, and I did it for all five years because it raised money for missions and mission trips and camps and all these various things. But. To try to dismantle it or to try to touch it, it, it you know, it's like in the, in, the, in the railway system, in subways, there's what's called a third rail. You don't touch it because it'll, it's electric and it will electrify you and uh, kill you. And so there's certain things you feel like if I touch it or mess with it, it's going to kill me. And so uh, that's one thing, traditions and programs. They're great things, but they're holding the youth ministry back in regards to things that maybe that they could do, right? They're sacrificing the best for just good. Uh, there's also a history of good numbers, right? You take a church, you go into, I'm going to take a youth ministry, you go into the youth ministry and, um, and they have a history. And so anything you do, I was at a church like this where um, there was no discipline. And when I tried to discipline the children, right? I mean, they would just flat out talk while I was speaking. I mean, just, I mean, like loud talking, like I'm not even in the room 
kind of deal. And when I tried to do this, there was the, the adult leaders in that in that church would not discipline the kids. And so when I had to do it from the stage or afterwards or face to face, then I had kids leave. And so everybody took that as a loss. Everybody, and I'm going, it's not a loss. I said, uh, I said, it is in the sense that I would love that kid to come, but I'm not here to, I'm here to make disciples. I'm here to, I'm not here to make people happy necessarily. And so uh, I caught flack for that. But, you know, I always say too, says, look, you can't afford to, you know, gain some kids unless you're willing to lose some kids. And, um, you know, you just have to be able to move on like that. So that's just kind of my you know, thing. But if you have a history of good numbers, and then you start to make little changes, little things like that, and um, and then kids start to bail, then suddenly, oh my goodness, you're in hot water, my friend, and uh, you're killing the youth ministry, right? I've heard people saying that to me. You're, you're killing the youth ministry. Well, hallelujah. Maybe it should have died a long time ago. Amen. Do I get an amen, people? Thank you very much. Um, also, great youth pastors. Maybe you're in a church that's following a great youth pastor, and there's been years and years where that guy was there, five years maybe, is a good long run. Three years is a good run. Five years is a great run. If they're past their five years, it could be epic. They could be there between six and 10 years. And oh my goodness. And there's just a very long history there. And you're following great youth pastors. Uh, and you're stepping into big shoes and you're stepping into tall shadows. And you know what? Sometimes you have to, you have to be able to overcome those things. You know, you have to be able to look at it and go, okay, what am I going to do here? I'm, you know, because you're going to hear things like, oh my goodness, uh, you know, so-and-so used to do it this way and it was very successful and it was very good. And, um, and so you're going to hear a lot of that. And then you're going to hear other things like from like longtime leaders that have been there, right? Longtime leaders that are there, very successful, uh, but they've become uh, institutions within the institution. They've become longtime leaders and they're great leaders, um, but they're not very open to change. They're not very open to what's going on in the ministry. And so they hang around and you really can't begin to push forward your vision for where you think God wants to lead the youth ministry now, not not where the Spirit led them 10, 15 years ago, which created the good things. Excuse me. <coughs> but... But, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're, you're trying to do what's, what's relevant right now. Not necessarily relevant. That's maybe the wrong word. But where the Spirit's leading you, it may not be relevant. You may the, the whole, you may be the Holy Spirit may be telling you to shut everything down and go on a thirty day fast and just pray for the next thirty days. So, who knows? As a youth ministry, and so that would take, you know, obviously a move of God there if you're you're going to try that. Um, and so, in all those things here, let me give you just some some tips on overcoming your youth ministry's past, whether it's bad or good, some things you need to think of, right? If you're just getting in there, maybe you're in your first or even second year and you're thinking about quitting, you're thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't just stand this. Why can't I get anything done? Why do people keep bugging me? Why can't I just do my thing? And here's the reason. Number one, look for consensus, not control, right? Try to build bridges. Try to build some consensus on what's already going on, right? Don't try to, don't look, don't, don't dismantle everything. Don't burn everything down in your first year. Don't just wipe everything clean and go, oh, we're going to get rid of everybody. We're going to fire everybody. We're going to do it. Look, in the worst case scenario, maybe, maybe you have to do that. But in the best case scenario, let's see, just go through it. 
do that retreat, do that thing they like to do, and just be, be able to analyze it before you know before you have can pitch anything new. You got to you know see what's wrong with what's going on, and maybe nothing. Some things you may keep, right? Just like I kept the the twenty six mile uh, walk, the uh, what was called the Via della Rosa, right? We kept that walk. You know, uh, we just said it was good. It was good for the kids. It was good for tradition. It was good for the church. It was just good, so we kept it around. So um, the key is here: number one, be patient. Be patient. Uh, you know, you got to wait for your juniors and seniors to kind of graduate. If they were under all that mess, good or bad, uh, you wait for them to kind of lead out a little bit because they're, you know, they're finding hard to to follow your lead. They're trying to, you know, they're 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 finding hard to buy in because they're so com- either so scarred by the past or so uh, uh, inoculated by the past that they can't see anything good in front of them or they can't see the better that's in front of them. It's just going to take time, just like anything else. You're just going to have to be patient. Walk with them. Start, you know, investing in your 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 freshman and your sophomore and your middle school to where when these these kids start to funnel out, you know, into another group or into uh, you know into the adult congregation or whatever may be going on there, uh, you can build be able to build on some new things. Because I know I've faced it. Uh, you maybe have faced it, but you got to be patient. Okay. Second thing is this: if the pass is good, honor it. If it's bad, burn it. What do I mean by that? If the past is good, honor it. Talk about this great retreat. Boy, talk about the the parents or whoever invested in this or the last youth pastor or whatever. Look, honor it. Say, this was great. This was fantastic. Whoever came up with this is a great idea. Honor it, right? It's good because then what you can do there is once you've affirmed it, you can then go ahead and tweak it, right? Little tweaks, little things that are going to move the dial a little bit to kind of get where you think the Spirit wants to take everybody, right? Where the Holy Spirit wants to lead everybody. And, and it may take a tweet, it may take nothing. Just leave it alone, right? If it's, if it's not broken, don't fix it kind of thing. But there are some little tweaks where you can put your thumbprints on those things. But don't try to, don't try to you know, do it all at once, like I said. The second thing is if it's bad, burn it, right? In other words, if it's a bad thing, right? If it's a stigma, if it's um, a youth group name, if it's something that you feel like needs to go, but once again, you have to build consensus and say, well, let's do something new. You know, uh, I have heard of youth ministries having funerals, right, for their previous youth ministries, right? They said, this was great. We honor it. We said, it's great. We've done great work, but we're going to have a funeral for this thing. And bring it, I mean, they bring in a coffin. People put like little notes and say goodbye to the old youth ministry. They say goodbye. Just literally have a funeral, right? Or in the regards to, let's say, uh, you know, it could be the good things, right? You have that funeral, whatever it may. But even with the, with the bad things, you can have a bonfire or something like that where they put down their regrets. They put down their scars. They put down their wounds. They put those things on there. Let them throw it in the fire and say, look, we're going to just, uh, just uh, incinerate this past, uh, this thing that has held us back, this thing that has controlled us, this thing that has promoted fear, this thing that has kept us down or oppressed us or whatever it may be. It's time to burn it down. It's just time to get rid of it. And so that's too, it's just, just a way to, to, in both ways, right, to be able to honor what is good and burn up what is bad, right? Start it fresh. The third thing is this, start building new traditions with your middle school, right? Even if it does, even if you can't get anything to change, you can start some new traditions of some kind because they're going to be, eventually, if, if you'll stay there long enough, they're going to be your juniors and seniors. They're going to be your sophomores. They're going to be your young college career group. They will remember the little things and traditions you do. For me, it was things like going to breakfast. I took these middle school boys to breakfast and after six years, 
they still want to have breakfast with me. And I still go to breakfast with them, and I start a new tradition with them. And so now we always go out and have breakfast, even as young adults, uh, and we do great things, and it's, it's fun. And so you just start these things, but you got to be patient. It, if, if you're going to see any fruit from this, you got to go long-term. you got to think long vision, and you got to be patient. you got to be patient to see those kind of things. So, But anyway... Uh, uh, those are that's kind of the meat and potatoes of the thing here. If you want to, you know, turn me off now, that's fine. But I'd encourage you to stick around, okay? Because I want to talk about some things that I'm nerding out about. This is the nerd. If you're if you're new here, uh, I take a little time to nerd out about what what's got my attention, uh, what is on my radar, uh, maybe on your radar too. If you if you're nerding out about something, feel free to email me at thedproject@me.com. Uh, you can uh, let me know what's going on. What are you thinking about? Uh, but the example, lately, uh, like I, I think I did in a uh, uh, YouTube video I did uh, about palettes. I've been consumed with palettes and my stage. Uh, I've been trying to get it to look exactly the way I want it. I mean, I just re- I mean, me and a bunch of guys, we just rebuilt the back wall of the stage in palettes and built a palette wall. And then I got these big, giant... Uh, uh, light up letters that says greater because that's our theme, you know, for the year greater. And, um, and so anyway, just all these things. And so really I've been kind of nerding out about pallets and walls building and stages and lights and all these things. I've just really been kind of thinking about that and just trying to get it done. And I think I finally got it done. And so I am, maybe I can quit nerding out about it, but now I'm adding pallets to everything is the whole room is going to be palleted if I don't stop and you're going to walk in and you're just going to think you're in a giant pallet, it's just going to be crazy. So I'm not, I can't do that anymore. So anyway, let me talk about a few books, uh, that I'm, I've been reading that I'm really uh, getting a lot out of. Uh, number one is uh, a book called nudge by Leonard sweet. And it's awakening each other to God, to the God who's already there. And it's really just talking about, you know, the Holy spirit and how the Holy spirit nudges us right to, communicate the gospel or to share a testimony or to uh, share some love with somebody and things like that. And just, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, just highlighting the whole book. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, there's just pink and green and there's just highlights everywhere. And so uh, I am just kind of going crazy over that. Um, it'll eventually probably make it, make it into the motivation uh, when I do maybe a, a, a podcast about uh, evangelism or something like that. This, I'm sure, is going to probably make a place there. Another book that I'm nerding out about, and I haven't even started reading it yet. I bought it this weekend. Uh, but it's called Interobang Preaching. And it's actually recommended by Leonard Sweet. It's um, Leonard Sweet and Mark Batterson both recommend it uh, and do the endorsements from it. Uh, and it's called Interobang Preaching, Rediscovering the Communication Secrets of Jesus. And on the back page, it says, Jesus not only gave us the greatest message of all time, he also gave us the greatest method to communicate uh, that message. You'll explore how by rediscovering Jesus' Interobang communication secrets of story, mystery, and encounter, you can unlock and unleash transformation in you, your message, and your audience. So I'm sold. I'm sold on it. I just all I had to read the back and uh, take a little flip through it, and I thought, you know what? I like it. I like it. So I'm gonna. So I'm. So I'm kind of excited about reading that. That and that will. That will come up in. I'm sure. Uh, I'll do a podcast about that as well. Uh, but yeah, I've been focusing on preaching too a little bit. You know, because preaching is one of those things that if we're not careful, we get into a rut about. And so uh, I have, uh, example, I have not used notes in, I don't know, a long time. And I'm not anti-notes. Uh, I mostly uh, preach off of the screen. I have a few main thoughts that I want to talk about. 
But my preaching style has changed over the years. And so books like this, Interobang, uh, Preaching, and also uh, a, a book by a friend of mine, uh, Rick Bunshu, uh, has, a, um, uh, has a book, new book uh, called uh, Moving Messages, Ideas That Will Revolutionize the Sunday Experience. So I'm kind of excited. I haven't even ordered that yet. I just found out about it the other day uh, that he was coming out with it. So uh, I'll put links to all these things, by the way, in the, uh, the show notes. Um, and by the way, I send it out to, uh, if you want to get them as a, a little package, a little PDF. Uh, be sure to sign up for the Fresh Impact Newsletter, okay? Be able to sign up for that, and I'll send out links, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you'll have it in your inbox, and you'll be able to follow along uh, on various things. So anyway, uh, what else am I nerding out about this week? Uh, I am... Probably the last thing is um, I saw the trailer for Suicide Squad, um, and I was never a fan of the movie. I'm a fan of a lot of the characters that are in the movie, um, but, uh, you know, like, you know, Harley Quinn and the Joker and, you know, all these people here that are going to be in the movie. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fans of that. I, I like, I think it's funny. I think it's, um, you know, cool stuff. So if you don't know anything about me, if you've never learned any, heard any of the other podcasts, I'm big on uh, comics and, and nerd stuff like that and, and the movies and comic books themselves and all that stuff. Love that stuff. And uh, and so I'm kind of excited because I wasn't excited about the first trailer, but now I'm excited about the second trailer that I just saw. So if you're a fan of those things or you want to share with me what you're nerding out about or what I should be nerding out about, you maybe you want to say to me, say, Paul, how come you're not into this? How come you're not reading this? How come you're not... This is, this is hot stuff, Paul. Maybe you need to get in the flow, Jack. And um, and so if you want to do that, you can send me an email at thedproject at me.com and tell me what you are nerding out about. So anyway, that's me. That's what I'm nerding out about lately. And uh, it is now time. We've come to the end of our show here today. Uh, I hope that you have found value in this. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you have, uh, uh, you know, just, just eaten it up, hopefully. And uh, if you have enjoyed it, I want to encourage you, before I leave you with my final little motivation quote here and a little bit of time, I encourage you, if you would, it would mean the world to me, if you would just uh, uh, write a review for this on iTunes, uh, stars and reviews and all that kind of good stuff. If you would do that, man, I sure would appreciate it. It helps other people find it. If you found it of value, maybe somebody else will find it of value as well. So here is your motivation moment here, something to keep you motivated, right? We've talked about how to keep your youth ministry moving forward. Now we want to talk about keeping you motivated. And it's a quote by Mary Manon Morrissey. It says, even though you may want to move forward in your life, you may have one foot on the brakes. In order to be free, we must learn how to let go, release the hurt, release the fear, refuse to entertain your old pain. The energy it takes to hang on to the past is holding you back from a new life. What is it you would let go of today? And boy, that is a powerful question. What is it you would let go of today? Think about that for a moment. Just pray about it for a second. And maybe something comes to your mind that says, you know what? Good or bad, Good or bad in this in, in my own personal life, we've already talked about the ministry, but in my own life, what is holding me back? What is it from my past? You know, sometimes overcoming your youth ministry past has to do with overcoming the youth pastor's past. Maybe you have a past, maybe you've got some failures, maybe you got some scars, maybe you got some things. What is it you would let go of today? And my encouragement to you is this. Think about that. Pray on that. Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, what do I need to, what is it that I am, why am I putting the brakes on this thing? Why am I, why do I, why am I sabotaging myself? You know, why am I, why do I feel like I'm the reason that things are being held back? I, you know, whatever that may be. But ask the question, what is it you would let go of 
today. And I, I believe that whatever that is, that if you'll give it to the Lord and say, Lord, uh, this is it. This is what came to my mind. This is what I think is holding me back. This is what I think has been, you know, re- you revealed to me. And, and it could be something, like I said, a scar, a failure, uh, anything. It could be something good. It could be your experience. It could be things that you've been through. It could, you know, uh, just sometimes you have to let go of maybe a previous youth ministry, or a previous church you were at. You know, if you're the guy or the girl who says, well, let me tell you how I used to do it at my church, that's just as bad as a church that says, oh, well, this is the way we've always done it. And so sometimes you have to let go. And that's for somebody. I don't know who that's for, but somebody there is, you know, and, and I've done it. Listen, I've had to put away my own past and say, you know what? After 25 years of youth ministry, I got a long uh, list of things that I've done. And man, I have done my best to not refer, except in special cases, in order to explain something, to let go of examples or past uh, kids, not compare my youth ministry that I'm currently serving at with other youth ministry or other churches, and I got to put that away in my own life. That's for me, and maybe that's for some of you out there. So, but anyway, guys, I hope that uh, you're blessed today. I hope that uh, that I've been able to come in and maybe offer a little bit of motivation, a little bit of training, a little bit of help there. And uh, my hope is this, that you will believe in the God that believes in you and wants to do something new. He wants to take you out of the past, put you in the present, show you a fresh hope. He wants to do this not only through you, but he wants to do it in you because you're the one that's going to be leading your youth ministry in that direction. And so is the heart, as the heart of the youth worker is, so is the heart of the youth ministry. And so if you need to let something go, let it go today and you'll be free then to lead your youth ministry into all the possibilities, into all the things that God shows you. And you'll be able to do it with a free heart and a free mind and a free conscience. So anyway, thanks for joining me today. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with me on the Youth Ministry Emotion podcast, the podcast that uh, keeps your youth ministry moving forward and keeps you, the youth worker, motivated. So until next time, everybody, uh, you guys have a fantastic week and uh, let God do his good work in you today. Talk to you guys next time.